When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman. I'm back. That's right, a third straight day of me, Jeff Hartman, and the Let's Ride podcast. I just, hey, don't get too comfortable with this, all right? Three straight days of Jeff for my ride or die crew. You might really enjoy it. It's, this is a grind. I do a lot of work in preparation for these shows, and I'm freaking exhausted. I'll tell you that right now. I am gassed. It is, uh, I'll be completely honest, I'm not going to lie, it's Monday afternoon, just got home from, I'm sorry, it's Tuesday after, I don't even know what day it is, Tuesday afternoon, just got home from work, getting myself together, my mental thoughts, my show notes together, and I'm like, oh, geez, I got to do this again, I'm so I'm so tired, and you got to do what you got to do. You know, you think about it, it's the final week of the season for the Steelers, and it's it's the, the regular season. It's the final week of the regular season for Behind the Steel Curtain. And that's a great way for me to remind everyone out there that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Whether it's the latest breaking news, like three wide receivers coming off the reserve COVID-19 list on Tuesday, or <clears throat> maybe you want film rooms. We have a great one coming out with Kevin Smith. I believe it might run on... Let's see here. <clears throat> Tomorrow is Wednesday, the Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Well, it's probably going to run on Thursday, and it's all about Najee Harris, how the Steelers were able to kind of really break down that running game and get it going. 180-plus yards for Najee Harris on the ground. Beautiful game. Talked about that a lot on that special winners and losers segment. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you go back and check it out. It was on Tuesday, I think. Yeah. I'm all out of sorts, folks. And lastly, before we get into the the meat and potatoes here, uh, I want to get make sure you, wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do on that platform so that you don't miss a thing. And I don't care if it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, wherever. Now, Spotify users, I'm calling you out. Spotify users, I am one. I'm a Steelers Spotify user. I know Maddie Peverell, the War Room, and the Touchdown Under. 
there he's a Spotify user as well. And I know a lot of my ride or die crew are Spotify users because you all sent me those uh, Spotify wrapped year in review that said that Behind the Steel Curtain was your number one podcast. So I know you're out there. Do me a solid, okay? Go to Spotify, go to the Behind the Steel Curtain page. And then you'll see it, but there's this rating system. And like I said, they might have been doing this for a while, and I just noticed it, in which case that's not the first time I've been late to the party. Still, go there. Give us a five-star rating. Okay, well, I think we're at like a 4.9 rating. That means some Jag, gave probably a Ravens fan or a Browns fan, gave us like a one, and it moved everyone from a, moved it from a five-star down to a 4.9. So we need more five-stars to get it back up there, get it back up there. And I want to make sure that we also get over 100 by the time the season ends. We're at, I think, 79 or 80 the last I checked. So get on there, Spotify users. And even if you just use the free, you can still do it. And then also wherever you get your podcast, like Apple Podcasts is our biggest platform, give us a good rating there too. And you might say, well, what does it matter? First, it takes two seconds. Don't be lazy. Second, it's one of those things where the, the better rating you have, the more Apple Podcasts, the more Spotify is going to promote your product. They're going to see the people like it. And so when they see people like it, they want other people to like it, and they're going to promote it. We want we want to get this thing out to the masses. We want to get this ride-or-die crew growing even more than it already has this season, even though that growth has been exponential. And there you go. All right, enough with the PSAs. Let's get straight to the, the business here at hand. In the wake of everything that happened on Monday night, Ben Roethlisberger send-off, the big win, really just <laughs> sending the Browns down. Like, that's always been the saying ever since I was a little kid growing up. I, by the way, if you don't know where Wheeling, West Virginia is, I'm closer to Ohio than I am Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. I could be in Pennsylvania from my house where I grew up. I could be in Pennsylvania in 10 minutes. I can be in Ohio in five. And it's the little part of, of West Virginia that's pinched in between Ohio and Pennsylvania. And still, growing up, I'll never forget, people would always say, if it's brown, flush it down. And they would talk about the Browns. We love to pick on the Browns and the Browns fans, and even though they're the most loyal fans ever. And my, my daughters would say, like, what if we married a Browns fan? I'd say, well, I'll tell you this. It's gonna be, he's going to be loyal. If you can put up with that for that long and still put up with it, well, then you're, that's, a, that's a loyal man right there. And it's the same with like Pirate fans. But still, the Steelers, I mean, the, the Browns were already out of it. And the Steelers, boy, did they just put a punctuation on what has been a really, really disheartening season for the Browns. Everyone thought they were going to be potential AFC contenders, potential Super Bowl contenders. You know, they had established this roster that was supposed to be great with OBJ, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. You had Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that offensive line on defense, Miles Garrett. They get Jadavion Clowney. Um, I could go on. Denzel Ward, a great roster just doesn't play out. It doesn't play out. And then for that to happen on prime time, the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger get their vengeance. And after that playoff loss last year in the 2020 AFC wildcard game. But in the wake of all that, it's, it's really crazy for me to see the reaction of the fan base. The vast majority of you out there are appreciative. The vast majority of you out there love it. The vast majority of you out there are just like, take it all in. And if you're like me, you're on Twitter and you're retweeting videos and you're liking comments and it's just, it's great. It's a great day to be a Steeler fan. But then there's those people that are taking this as it's as if the season's over. And I talked about this a little bit on my special podcast on Tuesday, which was, it felt like this was the crescendo of the season. This was the pinnacle. This was the peak. What's next? There's still another game to play. We got Michael Beck, Blue Check Beck out there talking about what the Steelers should do in the offseason. There's still another game to play. 
There's still another game to play. You got Colin Cowherd, that blowhard, who I used to listen to religiously, by the way. When he was with ESPN, I listened to Dan Patrick. I listened to Colin Cowherd. They were right back to back. It was great. That was great radio, great sports radio. And when he left, I don't know if it was something that his new outlets, because he went to a couple other outlets before he settled in, Maybe it's just they, they want him to do that, and I get it. You know, Everyone wants to have the, the unique take. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be different. I understand all of that. But his take on Ben Roethlisberger the day after that celebration, that's what it was. It was a celebration of a career I thought was in poor taste. He, there might have been some factual stuff to his argument about how Ben Roethlisberger was just given a God-given gift, and he kind of wasted it. And I get it. I understand that 100%. There's a lot of people that have talked about this before. The fact that he did it then, it's like, what in the world are people talking about? And I'm not saying that we need to sit here and just bask in the glow of Ben Roethlisberger for another three, four days. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that what better way to celebrate Roethlisberger than for him to go and beat the Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium and maybe, just maybe, maybe, the Jacksonville Jaguars somehow, some way, find it within themselves to knock the Colts out of the playoffs and it would send the Steelers in. You know that's still a possibility, people, right? Like, you all realize that. Am I right? If not, it is a real possibility. Is it likely? No. Is it a possibility? Yes. When the playoff hopes are still alive, we as fans should stay focused on that same goal. And no, I understand that people want to look ahead and people want to think about who the next quarterback's going to be. And heck, there's a lot of people that want to talk about punters for some reason going into next season. If Corliss Waitman gets himself a reserve contract or something like that and he's on the on the roster in the offseason, fantastic, great. I'm not worried about that right now. Why would I be worried about that right now? Sure, I was a big, big press fan when they drafted him, but it was mainly because I just was hoping for someone with consistency at the punter position. What I'm worried about right now is that there's still a lot of work for the Steelers to do. There is still work at hand. And I thought Mike Tomlin did a great job in his Tuesday press conference, as he always does, because he's a wordsmith and he knows how to talk his way out of anything. About talking about how they still are focused on the Ravens. And for me, living in Maryland, of course this is a big game. But it's one of those situations where I'm, I'm scrolling Twitter and I'm, you know, communicating with fans, and I put out the tweet about the mailbag, which we'll get into that in the second half of the podcast. And I'm go going through everything, and all of a sudden I see the Ravens tweet. The freaking Baltimore Ravens. So I guess they've been doing this, bringing a legend back on certain occasions. I would assume that it's probably similar to what the Steelers did with, you know, the terrible towel twirlers. You know, they'll have a, a celebrity or they'll have a former player come back, and they'll start the terrible towel. Well, who are they bringing back? Who are they bringing back? Oh, they're bringing back the king jag of them all. They're bringing back Terrell Suggs for Sunday's game at M&T Bank Stadium for Big Ben's regular season send-off. Of course, they're bringing back Suggs. I'm not going to say what I call Suggs personally and to my buddies that are Ravens fans. Uh, I'm not going to say that here. It's not nice. I'll put it that way. It's just not kind. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll share it with you. But still... Um, it's one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, it kind of brings you back full circle. And it makes me feel a lot like I felt when the, the Steelers beat the Ravens at Heinz Field. Remember, the Steelers win that game, they beat Lamar Jackson, everything's great. 
And what happened? That you couldn't enjoy it. They were get, then they had to turn around and get ready for a Thursday night game in Minnesota. It feels like it's the same thing. So you wait and you wait and you wait. Monday night football finally comes. Steelers win. Najee Harris goes off. TJ Watt goes off. It's great. We're celebrating. It's a party. Oh my gosh, the Steelers. Everyone's talking about the Steelers. And then what? Boom. We we don't have time to enjoy it. Why? The Ravens are coming up. And all of a sudden, Jeff's on Wednesday <laughs> doing his mailbag. And he's like, well, I thought we just had a game. We did. I just have a game. But it's it's one of those things. It's just you just don't have that chance to actually sit and enjoy it. But that's the NFL. That is the NFL. And the, these players, you know, Roethlisberger is going to be speaking to the media, as he always does on Wednesday. And he's going to probably have to talk about how great it was. But there's still a game to play. I, I just can't get it over, you know. It sucks that this last game wasn't the last game of the regular season. It just didn't work out that way. So that's the way the schedule works. And so fans, I mean, they're all about it right now. And it's great to see Ben Roethlisberger getting his due, whether it's on social media, whether it's on places like ESPN, which, by the way, can I say something? And I can because I have a microphone and I'm not communicating with anyone. But I ask these rhetorical questions, assuming that you're on your treadmill or you're driving or you're listening uh, in your earbuds at work or whatever, and you're answering along with me. That's just the way I do things. But can I say something real quick? Is anyone else kind of bothered by the love of Ben Roethlisberger that's been the last 24 hours? And when I say bothered, and it's not the Steelers fans. There's always going to be Steelers fans that don't like Ben for the off-field transgressions. They don't like Ben for a multitude of other reasons, maybe on the field. But the vast majority of the fan base has always been loyal, has always stuck by him, and he... We all appreciate everything that he's done in the last 18 years. But the National Football League mainstream media has never given Roethlisberger even the time of day. These people, we're not just talking about, they don't talk about the Steelers that much. These are the people that would, last season, when the Steelers were 11-0, were putting, I don't even know, I'm trying to think of the quarterback they had. Maybe it was a Jared Goff or someone like that that was really playing poorly and they had him ranked uh, they had them ranked ahead of Ben Roethlisberger and it's just you see that over and over again and that's just one example but my goodness this the, the mainstream narrative around Roethlisberger's always been that he's he's good but he's not that great he's good but he's not great he's really good but he's not upper echelon he's not top tier you know the ESPN would rank all the quarterbacks and have these five tiers and Roethlisberger would always be like tier 1b or 2 or you know whatever and the guy's done nothing but win you know he's win- he, he, he that's all he did is win the amount of quarterbacks that have won two super bowls in their career is a very short list people keep that in mind quarterbacks two super bowl wins not a long list but I digress. That just really bothered me how all of a sudden, just because Roethlisberger has his his you know send off at Heinz Field, everyone's just all oh, it's the Ben love is everywhere. It just makes me sick to my stomach because some people it's like well you don't appreciate it until it's gone. You don't see the career that he's had, even though we as Steeler fans have seen it this whole time. But there's still work to be done. There's still work to be done. The Steelers, if they can do anything for Ben, it's Send him off with a nine-win season. Yeah, that's not ideal. That's not a preseason goal. It's not, hey, all right, guys, let's let's set our team goals. All right, here we go. Let's uh who's got a win total we're shooting for? Oh, what's that, Ben? Nine? 
Yep, you got it. Nine it is. All right, let's get the pen get that right down. Nine. Nine wins. Yep, that's our goal. No, they don't they didn't do that. What I'm saying is that in this state that they were in, you seven, seven, and one, two games versus the Browns at the Ravens. I said it last Friday. I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna keep saying it. What better way to send Roethlisberger off than with two wins against division rivals, the fiercest division rivals, in my opinion, and then he leaves on that high note. And if they make the playoffs, that would be freaking amazing. It would be amazing. And anyone that's watched the NFL for any length of time knows that crazier things have happened. The Houston Texans have beaten teams like, I think it was the Tennessee Titans. I want to say the Buffalo Bills lost a really bad game to a really bad team. I could have gotten these mixed up. Um, th- these things happen, people, especially this season in the NFL. So before you go and bury the Steelers, think about that. Think about, wow, this could actually happen. There is work to be done, and it's our job at Behind the Steel Curtain to get you ready for that Week 18 game at Baltimore. That's going to be a good one. T-Sizzle, as much as I hate that guy's going to be there, it's going to add a little bit of fire, a little bit of fuel to this matchup. Let's light that match. That's what I say. Let's get this thing kicking. I want to see the Steelers go into, go into Baltimore, beat the Ravens. That would be four straight wins against the Baltimore Ravens. Boy, I'm getting jacked up. It's Ravens week, baby. It's Ravens week. And when I get back after this break, I'm going to answer your questions in the mailbag. Stay tuned. Be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. Jeff Harbin here, as always, and Wednesday it's hump day. Gosh, it's the first time I've done that. It's mailbag time. It's mailbag time, folks. I mean, I just went off. I got all jacked up about the Ravens week. It is mailbag time. In case you're ever wondering, you're listening to these podcasts, and you're thinking, okay, how do I get my question to Jeff? He answers every single question that people ask him. I even answered on Twitter the other day when I was talking about my jersey from 2004, the white replica that's never been jer- never been washed. That jersey's never been washed. Someone said, why couldn't you just do dry cleaning? No, 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 no. No. I even answered that question. So all you have to do is follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And every Tuesday, you're going to see me put out a tweet that says, all right, all right, let's let's see it. Let's get those questions going. And I always use for this season a Shooter McGavin gift. Next year, maybe I'll do a different character, one of the movies that I really, really like. Um, we'll see. I'm not sure yet. But this week, only had about 14 questions, and that's okay. Fans are still probably tired. And honestly, the tweet probably got pushed down because I went into a retweet frenzy. I mean, Pat Fryermuth was tweeting about Ben. All these players, I, I just I just want everyone to see it. I want everyone to, be like, to experience what's going on. And so I always retweet it. Say, it got pushed down the feed a little bit. Oh, well. We'll be okay. We will, we will survive. We will press through. So let's get to these questions first. Owen David from Britsburg. He says, does J.C. Hassenauer's performance lessen the need for a center in the draft or through free agency? He has improved this year. Question two. How good can Najee Harris be? He's he's done over 1,000 yards this season. He did go over 1,000. He actually broke Franco Harris's rookie rushing record, although he played in more games. It's neither here nor there. Uh, behind a very poor offensive line. Then he uses hashtag ride or die. Okay, first question. There's been some questions. I did preview some of these questions. There's been some questions about J.C. Hassenauer's play 
in week 17 and how that impacts uh, Kendra Green's future. Are we, as fans, ready after one game? Now, I know Hassenauer played a little bit more at other positions, mainly guard, this season. But after one game, and I know it was a good game, are we, after one game, ready to say, okay, here's your new center? I'm not. I think that J.C. Hassenauer is a tremendous insurance policy. He is that interior lineman that they had when they had B.J. Finney earlier in his career. He can play center. He can play both guard positions. You want that type of player. Now, if Kendra Green turns out to be a a guard, that's okay too. I'm not going to be upset if they go out and get a center early or they pick up a free agent center who's going to come in and be a rock in the middle of that offensive line. I'm not going to be upset at all. But I don't think we should be crowning J.C. Hasnauer yet just after one game. Second question is, how good can Najee Harris be? I said this in my Winners and Losers podcast. If this guy can get players to block for him like they did in against Cleveland on Monday night, you saw firsthand how good he can be. Don't think that that's some aberration. When Najee Harris was dancing around, when Najee Harris was showing that he wasn't really sure, it's probably because he had nowhere to go. And so now you see what an offensive line that just gives him a glimmer he can take and run with it. This kid is tremendous. And I think the Steelers are just now realizing his true potential. I loved his answer, by the way, when everyone wants to talk about his touches. Oh, the Najee, he's touching the ball too much. He's touching the ball too much. They're going to run the wheels off him. What do he say? This is why I train. This is why I take care of my body. Anyone see a rookie wall in week 17 for Najee Harris? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Yeah, me neither. Next question. Believer, believe in a miracle. This guy's, he's, he's like a roller coaster with these Twitter handles. He said, wow, number one, I repeat, for the seventh week, can we agree the green at center experiment is over? Okay, I'll answer these as we go. Number one, no, we can't agree that the center experiment is over because A, I'm not a coach, and B, he's a rookie. They're going to give him a shot in his second year. The question is, do they bring in a legitimate competition or is J.C. Hassenauer that legitimate competition? And that's a question that only those inside those walls can answer. Next question, number two. Boy, he's cheating a bunch in this, this tweet. Does this experience wake some guys up, show them what they can achieve? I got to think this would have a profound effect on me as a young player moving forward. And then he said he's looking at Chase Claypool. The one thing I found interesting, I love listening to these post-game interviews media sessions for players. Najee Harris is one of the most honest players that I've ever seen. Um, He's one of those players that it's like, wow, like he's just so genuine. He just seems so genuine. And so for me, I look at this and and I heard him say this and it really, my ears perked up. He said, I'm trying to find a way because they were asking about Ben. He goes, look, this is my first year. I'm going to be here for a while. So I'm trying to find a way to, for the, these players to realize how we can keep this energy. He's seeing this as saying, this is what we should be like all the time. My guess is that practice was a little bit different this week. My guess is that there was a little bit more attention to detail this week. And lo and behold, look what happened. That tells me something. And then he includes the picture of Roethlisberger walking down the tunnel with his wife and his three kids. And I saw it live with my wife, and I said, wow, look at that picture. And I said, she, I said that's going to be a photo. And then what do you see? Like a photo talk of running behind him. And it's like, gosh, can, can these freaking camera people just back up for once in their lives? I mean, that's 
I, I was so pissed. I tweeted this out. After the game, Roethlisberger's trying to just take it all in, and there's cameras all around him. What the hell is he supposed to take in? Your lens in his face? Back up, people. Come on. We all don't need inside access like that. We really don't. And then Believe in Miracles says, hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Sorry, ran out of room. I could have used 400 characters. Not sure how you kept the podcast under an hour last night. Well, I would have probably fallen asleep if it was any longer, number one. But number two, I just thought that it was... I, I didn't want to go too far. I didn't want to ramble, but I wanted to make sure that I spoke for the fans and just said thank you to Ben. You know, and I, I, I hope I got that across. Next question from Brian Haynes, who was at the game. He went to the game, and I remember Brian, who always asked questions, one of the most loyal Ride or Die crew members, he said, I got tickets to the Monday night game. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? He won the tickets. And I said, they're going to win the game. They're going to win the game for sure. It's just what this team does. And so he says, I was emotional last night at the game. Assuming Ben is done with football, hashtag, I'm sorry, not hashtag, parentheses, I don't think he'll ever come back, even as a coach. How long do you think before he gets his gold jacket, hashtag ride or die crew, hashtag that's my QB forever? And so for me, I say that I think he's a first ballot. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, when you look at some of the other quarterbacks, other players that have gotten first ballot, uh, it, it, it's his st- his statistics have are going to really help him, and that's not counting the Super Bowl. So when you look at you know, the amount of yards that he's thrown for, the touchdowns he's thrown for, you know, when you look at all that, and then you add on the fact that he's been to three Super Bowls, that he's won two of them, that he has some really good statistics also to back that up. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. David, I hope you enjoyed the game, Brian, by the way. that What an incredible event to be to, to go to. David asks, how strange was it to see all the love for Roethlisberger from the national media last night? They never gave him the credit. They never gave him the credit like a Manning, Breeze, or Brady throughout his career, but last night put him in that category. You know, I, I kind of talked about that in the first segment, David, and it's a great question. It was weird. It was weird. And uh, it was good. I was glad it happened. But as a Steeler fan, you got to be sitting there thinking, oh, now you come around. <laughs> okay, now you want to talk about it. But I get it. I get it. It was weird, though. MDivs24, who was all about uh, his boxing match uh, against one ESPN announcer, uh, Lewis Riddick, uh, last night during the game, which was hysterical, he asked two questions. Who had the better send-off, Ben or Jerome? Well, if you're counting at Heinz Field, or are you counting overall? I mean, overall, my goodness, only John Elway probably could have a similar send-off in terms of just you win a Super Bowl and you say you're done. Uh, Jerome Bettis got to win a Super Bowl, hoist the Lombardi in Detroit, his hometown, and say, see you later, everybody. It's been fun. Think about that. I mean, if you're looking at, at home, at Heinz Field, that was in 2005 as a game against Detroit. Brian Anthony Davis of Behind the Steel Curtain was at that game with his then-to-be wife, where they weren't married at the time. He talks about this game a lot. If you listen to his podcast, no offense, Brian. And he talks about how you know they were chanting one more year, one more year, but I think Ben's was better. Now, if you're talking overall send-off, unless Roethlisberger and the Steelers get in and they find a way to win a Super Bowl, Jerome's got it overall, but at Heinz Field, it's Ben. Next question from MDibs24. He said, the Stars came out for that game. My question is, who gets your game ball? So if I'm going to say that, let's do it this way, because Dave Schofield, who writes the article about the game ball for the website, he was asking me before the game, how do we want to do this? Because you knew that Roethlisberger was going to be the game ball, but what if other people played really, really well, which they did. 
you know, you're talking about Najee Harris, you're talking about TJ Watt, you're talking about Cam Hayward. So let's use just performance here. Let's take the last home game of Roethlisberger off the table. Let's just use performance to answer your question. And I'm going to give it to Najee Harris. I know TJ Watt was went crazy, but he did get a sack where Baker Mayfield slid and he was the closest defender. So with that being said, I mean, he did get four. I'm not taking it away from him. Trust me, I'm not as, as much as that guy gets held, I'm not taking it away from him. But Najee Harris was a freak in that stiff arm. My goodness, it was the second one of the season where it was just one of those eye-opening wow plays. I'm going to give it to Najee. Daily Joint Company says, Jeff, did you shed some tears after the game like me? That interview on the field after the game is what got me. What an amazing send-off for seven, if he does, in fact, retire. To be honest with you, I did not shed tears after the game. It was before the game when I had a little single tear rolling down my face, and I was more angry after the game. I wanted, the I, I, I just said it, I wanted the cameramen and, and women to get the heck away from him and let him enjoy this moment. They didn't. It They felt so invasive at every turn, it was so disturbing to me that I, I couldn't really even enjoy it, and I wasn't even the one that's supposed to enjoy it. Before the game, when he was in the tunnel, you can just imagine those feelings. This is the last time that you're going to do this. The last time you're going to run out of that tunnel. The last time you're running through that smoke. The last time you hear, from Miami of Ohio, your quarterback, number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. Like, you're never going to experience that again. And when I thought about that, it kind of makes you think about the end of of everything. You think about the end of maybe a playing career that you had, a coaching career, mortality in and of itself, people getting older, yourself getting older because you remembered how old you were when he was drafted or this, that, or the other. That's when I got emotional. But if you got emotional after the game, I get it. I really do. I was just more mad at the cameraman. Brittany Shaw. Asked the question, what was your favorite moment of the game last night? I love the hashtag, or the, not the hat. Gosh, what is wrong with me? I can't even read. Cleveland sucks chant in the, in, love show, uh, in the love shown for Big Ben. My favorite moment of the game. This is a tough one because there were a lot of moments. Um, the Najee Harris run was special. Because the game was still hanging in the balance at that point. And we're thinking, okay, just get a yard. Just get a yard. They can ice the game, and it's over. That was great. But that was kind of like the alley-oop. And the slam dunk was when Trey Norwood got the interception and Ben got to go back out on the field to kneel it. That was the best play. So Najee Harris with the alley-oop and then Trey Norwood's interception with the slam dunk so that Ben Roethlisberger can go back on the field, victory formation, kneel it out one last time, and get to celebrate on the field. That's what's special. He was on the field, and he got to take that in for the five seconds before he got swarmed by the media. That was my favorite moment. John Jay says, do you address quarterback, offensive line, or defensive line first in the 2022 draft? Defensive line, until I know the what's going to happen with Stephon Tuitt, uh, if Stephon Tuitt's coming back, I don't address defensive line in the first, for, at first need. I'm not doing that. Let's get that out of the way. If Stefan Tuit's not coming back, that's a different story. But I'm not going to do defensive line. I would go for offensive line first. Quarterback would, would be an afterthought. This is not a good quarterback class. I, and I don't want to talk about this too much because I, I will have a whole offseason to get into this stuff. So I, I, that's just kind of, I'm going to leave it at that. Gene asks, I have two questions, Cheater. With how the O-line played, do you think that was just emotion or because of the new coach and center? 
That's a good question. So people forget that it was uh, Chris Morgan, CMO, as they call him, who took over for offensive line coach Adrian Clem, who was given the green light to go to Oregon early to go coach at Oregon. Some people said that there was a, there was a difference there. I'm not so sure. I don't know the X's and O's as well as someone like Michael Beck, who played. Uh, he coached the offensive line in college. He played in college, or even Dave Schofield, who did who played the offensive line. I'll have to ask Michael Beck about that. I'll ask Dave Schofield on Thursday on this preview, but on Friday's show, I'll ask Michael Beck about that and see what he thinks. It's a good question. Um, and I think there was emotion there. I think there was a driving force for them to play well. Second question with how the new punter has been reliable and a great showing. Do you think Big Press might be losing his job? If I, I don't think that Presley Harvin would lose his job, but I do think that they're going to bring in competition. And if that's Corliss Waitman, Corliss Waitman got an opportunity. And let's just assume that he's going to punt again for this final week of the regular season. If Presley Harvin comes back and they put him in there, that's fine. Waitman just gave him gave them two really good games of tape. To say, look what I can I can do this. I can hold for Boswell. I can kick the ball. Put me in a tough spot like he was at Heinz Field with his heels on the end line, and he can make the play. It's a competition, and I don't think that's that's not saying anything to, about Big Press. No one that watches the games would say that he's perfect. Katie Schultz asks, Big Ben has been the quarterback for the Steelers since I was six years old. Definitely was an emotional game for number seven. In your opinion, was the biggest difference in the run game J.C. Hassenauer at center? JC wasn't getting pushed backwards like I like I was like he was like Kevin Green does. Well, there you go. I fixed it for you. Um, so I don't know if that's the biggest difference. I, I think it helped for sure. It helped. Um, you can't say it didn't help. Think about the line. It was still Dan Moore. That there was no Kevin Dotson. We all expected Dotson to be back. He wasn't back yet. So it was you know, you know Dan Moore, John Leglue, JC Hasnauer, Trey Turner. And Chukes Akora for a right tackle. And that's your standard offensive line so far for the Steelers this year. And so the, the only difference is JC. So you have to think that it's either Chris Morgan, Simo, the offensive line coach, or it was JC Hasnar just played that well. We'll see. We'll see how they do on uh, Sunday. Good question, though, Katie. M's asked, What are your thoughts regarding a comparison between Mason Rudolph and Tommy Maddox? The stat lines are similar. Is that Rudolph's floor as a stopgap? I want to make something very clear. Tommy Maddox is someone that's very near and dear to my heart. The Tommy Maddox era, the Tommy Gunn era, which is not long. Boy, was that some fun football to watch. He was kind of reckless with the football. I don't think Mason Rudolph is that type of quarterback. Sometimes he just makes mistakes. Maddox was reckless sometimes with the ball. Uh, I don't I don't really put them in the same ilk, to be honest with you. I don't put them in the same category. They're just they have a different look about them. I think Mason Rudolph is way more athletic. He's way more mobile. He's also younger. Uh, Tommy Maddox was definitely limited, but he loved to sling the rock, and that's when they would spread it out and they'd chuck it around the yard. And it was the Tommy Gun years were fun. I don't care what anyone says unless you didn't live it. That was fun football to watch in Pittsburgh. All right, Damon29 says, Is Corliss Waitman who everyone thought Harvin was going to be? I don't want to jump to conclusions, but this is Steelers Twitter after all. It is amazing to me how many people are talking about they're literally talking about the punter question that they're literally talking about punter um i i like i said i have no doubt that there's a good chance that they'll maybe bring in some competition and we'll just leave it at that okay we have a couple more here 
uh, from Brian Haynes. He said, was last night's run performance, Green being out, new O-line coach, Ben's last game, mix of all of it? I say it is a mix of all of it, Brian. We kind of answered that. And then, uh, do you foresee a Bradshaw to Ben type of Dark Ages coming? Or will the Steelers find someone sooner? You know, someone like Brian Davis will say there was no Dark Ages. We just kind of look at it that way because they didn't win Super Bowls. And I get it. I get it. So for me, I, I think that this ultimately is a situation where I, you can't answer this right now. It, it's it's more of a wait and see type thing. It's more of a wait and see type thing. So, all right, not as many questions as usual. That's okay. We had some late submissions. I got them on the show. I appreciate everyone, all my ride or die crew, for chiming in. It's been a special week. I've been I've done shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm taking Thursday off. You're no no. Let's ride on Thursday. I'll get Dave Schofield stat geek. Make sure you check that out. And then I'll be back on Friday to talk about everything the Steelers need to do to win that regular season finale. We'll talk to Blue Check back about the, the state of the Steelers and the offensive line. So make sure you're you're staying tuned in. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers, or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, this has been a fun one. There is work to be done. Ravens week. Suggs. Ben. One more time. Should be fun. As I always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless those two.